Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I am here with Jen Drummond, who after a car accident in 2018, was she realized that you don't get to choose when you leave this life, but you do get to choose how you live it. And so she was inspired to climb a mountain for her birthday. Then her son raises the stakes by suggesting Mount Everest. Now, during her training, a coach upped the ante and proposed that she go for a Guinness World Record and become the first woman to climb the seven second summits. Today, Jen is a world record holder who elevates others to master their own summit in life. She's also an international speaker and author and host of the Seek Your Next Summit podcast who's focused on inspiring others to go beyond success to live a life of significance. Well, Jen, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, first off, wow. So, but tell what happened in 2018 and how did that lead to where you are today? Yeah, so 2018, I was in a horrific car crash. Um, at The police rebuilt the accident about 50 different times and they could not build a scenario where I lived. Fast forward a couple of weeks after my crash, one of my good girlfriends was running on a trail. It was wet out. She slipped, hit her head on a rock and never came home. So I had this horrific crash that I survived. She did something healthy that she never got to come home. And it was metabolizing those two extreme events that I realized we don't get to choose when we live. Or I'm sorry, we don't get to choose when we die, but we sure get to choose how we live. And I wasn't really living, right? I was going through the motions of life, just thinking like, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it when my kids are launched. I'll get to it with whatever excuse I had in the way. And that really made me realize like, I'm the only one who's limiting me and what I'm doing. So 2019 became this big year of the bucket list. Like if I was to die in the next decade, what do I want to do? What do I want to see? What are all the things I want to experience before that happens? And on that list was climb a mountain. In 2020, I was turning 40. So I thought, oh, I'll climb a mountain for my 40th birthday. So you didn't just climb one mountain, though. Uh, you climbed the seven second summit. So that, this was new to me. I didn't know what the seven second summits were. Uh, but tell us, what are the seven second summits? Yeah. So the seven, I didn't know what they were either. When my coach brought it up, I'll be honest with you. I'm like, what? Sounds like a tongue twister. And he goes, they're the second highest point on each of the seven continents. They've only been done by one male. I just became the first female to do the pursuit. They're actually harder than the first seven. So like K2 is harder than Everest. 
Mount Tyree is harder than Mount Vincent. Mount Kenya is harder than Kilimanjaro. And so a lot of them logistically are challenging to get to, but technically they're a little bit more challenging too. Um, took me two and a half years. Wow. Wow. Now, one of the things, and this is a little bit of a weird question, but it's the first one that popped into my mind, and I think it's going to be helpful for How much time did you spend training versus actually climbing? Oh, my goodness. Well, here's like a fun, like not funny story, but a realization. When I was on the top of Everest, right? So Everest is the highest mountain in the world. I used it to train for K2. And um, what happened was when I got to the top, we had bad weather, so we couldn't be up there for long. So we were on the top of Everest for 10 minutes. I calculated that I had trained 1,232 hours to be on the top of that summit. And it was one of those things where I'm like, man, there's so much of our lives where we're chasing the destination or we're chasing the summit. And we're forgetting like how little time we actually spend in that space. Yeah. How much of the is in the journey, in the pursuing, in the becoming, in the creating. And if you can't figure out a way to enjoy that journey, man, it's a lot of sacrifice for 10 minutes. Sure is. It sure is. And and how what what did that look like for you? How how did you go about enjoying the journey? Yeah. Um, well, it's really easy to enjoy the journey when you almost don't have any journey anymore. Right. So like when my I remember getting a phone call from the principal's office for one of my boys and he's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know your son was kind of acting up in class today, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, OK, thanks for calling. And he's like, are you OK? I'm like, yeah, I'm OK. He goes, I just thought maybe you would have a little bit different response. I'm like, I know I probably should be a little angrier that my son was not behaving. But the reality is, is like I almost wasn't here to have this phone call. So I'm just so grateful for this moment because I'd rather be here having a moment of hard than not being here at all with the moments that I want to collect with my children. And so I think every day, if you remember, like it's a privilege to be alive. It's a privilege to have choice and be able to show up and do things that we want to do. And if you have a life that you're not excited to wake up to, that's a sign that's a sign to say, hey, listen, what do I need to add into this day so that I'm happy and I'm excited to wake up? Because I promise you, once you face death, you are like, man, I'll take every day I can get. We're good. We're good. We're good. That's so true. So uh, on the back of that, what would you say, again, quite the feat, what was the proudest moment of that whole process for you? Oh, you know, here's a moment. I was, I failed K2 the first time I went to climb it. So I had to come home. I actually had to bury a teammate. Another one lost his hand to frostbite. So there was a whole bunch of really bad things that happened on my first expedition. And it made me really concerned about going back, right? Like what you don't know, you don't know. And all of a sudden you're walking back into an environment that was not favorable the last time you were there. And I got a phone call a few weeks before it was time to head back. And it was a person that had helped me exit the country the year before. And he was interested in climbing, but didn't quite have the resources to make it happen. I said, hey, I can help with that. So I brought over some stuff and I paid for some things when I got there. And I summited K2. And then a little bit later, he summited K2. And when you get to be a part of somebody else's success, 
now this person's going to have a job for life. He has a great reputation in mountaineering. This is going to change the trajectory of his life. It kind of gave a little bit more okayness about the failure the year before. Wow. And I think a lot of us forget that sometimes things fall apart so better things can come together. And I truly feel that once we hit the summit, the real summit or the real significance comes from helping somebody else get there easier or change the trajectory of their lives. Yeah. So I, I, just processing through uh, maybe failure, the potential for failure, you kind of always like, you've already shown that there's there's another side to a lot of these things. But when you're on the side of a mountain and the weather's kicking up, like the decision to move forward or go back has some real consequences. How do you know and how do you process when it's actually time to go back? Yeah. Um, I turned around on two mountains. Okay. So one mountain, I had a teammate die and I had the choice to go up with another team or go down with my team. And I'm a firm believer in people over peaks. So I wanted to be there for my team. I know the mountain will always be there available to climb. I truly believe that who we show up as people is way more important than what we achieve. And so I really wanted to live that motto. So I went down and took care of my team. The other climb was we were on the mountain. We were in terrible weather. It was in Canada. So Mount Logan's the second highest point for North America. And it was colder and more terrible weather than any other place I'd been on the planet. Okay. I've been on the highest peak, the second highest peak, Antarctica, all those things. Mount Logan is brutal. The airplane that was the rescue airplane had something go wrong with it. So then we were turned over to Parks Canada. So if something happened, we'd have to call um, national parks to get picked up. National Parks was watching the weather and they're like, we're going to have two weeks where we don't know if you're going to be able to thaw water. And so we're picking you up just to make sure everything's safe. And so they, I mean, they had a huge role in that, obviously, right? Like, I'm like, like, can we quick slide up the mountain and then you pick us up? Do we really need to be picked up right now? We're two days from the summit, right? And that's a couple week climb. And you're sitting there like, no, come on, like, please. And we couldn't. So they picked us up and we had to come back. It's 2023. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the of climbing is you have these teams, right? And everybody's looking out for everybody and everybody's putting their weight in with their decision to help make safe choices for yourself. And for anybody that's listening, that's building a business or doing things, like you need people on your team that are keeping an eye out for you so that you can stay in the game doing your thing and then when they make a call that affects you, you trust them and succumb to that call, even if it's not in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that was the next question that I had is how how did this, the adventure as a whole, all the thousand experiences that led up to it, how did they shape you as a leader and even as a mom at home? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest takeaway for me was big mountains take big teams. So if we have a big goal that we're trying to achieve, It's going to take a big team to make that goal happen. Yeah. Right. I think so many of us believe that we can do it by ourselves or we'll just muscle through or it's just a little bit longer. I mean, life's short. If it's a big load that you need to carry up a big mountain, have people along on the journey with you. It's so much more enjoyable. You're going to go farther. You're going to have more fun. Like all the pieces are going to just feel easier. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and as you're you're coming back, you, you speak about this all over the country and the world. What, what do you, would you say are some of this the second summits, if you will, of business and life? Where, where does this translate into our world? Yeah, you know, I think the first thing for me now, when I run into a roadblock or an obstacle or a setback, I don't view that as a sign to stop. I view that as acclimatizing. Oh, I hit a spot that is past my abilities right now. I need to come back to the drawing board, just like you come back to base camp and you say, okay, what's working? What's not working? How do I better go forward knowing what I know now? And when you acclimatize on a mountain, you go to a point of failure, you come back to base camp, your body physiologically changes. So it produces more red blood cells so you can go higher up the mountain. I think that metaphor for me has allowed so much more room for other options to show up along the pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, yeah, it's, it's stunning. One, it's stunning how our bodies adapt. Uh, but two, I love that idea of you're just acclimatizing, like you're moving to, I, I know you're, I think you're from Utah, if I remember correctly, I just flew through Utah once and I couldn't walk through the airport. So like I, I my respect for, uh, for you know, both the freezing cold and also the, uh, just the elevation, uh, is remarkable, but I like this idea. It's not a sign that you failed. It's not a sign that you, you have to go all the way back, right. But that you take a step back to where you can get back to a place of support, acclimatize and move forward. Uh, what, um, what that, just from that, what would you hope that other leaders could learn from your story? Yeah, I think to wave their flag along their pursuit would be a great lesson for all of us. It's really fun to wave our flag at the top of the mountain because like, Hey, we made it here. We are. But the more we can learn to wave our flag along the entire pursuit. So at the beginning, in the messy middle, in the setbacks, in the move, in the comebacks, and all those pieces, we share our story and it allows others to find themselves in it. And we just encourage each other. We help each other. When I'm waving my flag, I let you know, here's what I'm trying to achieve. Here's what I need. And here's how I can help. And the more that we all do that and signal to each other, it allows us to help one another on our path forward. Yeah. Yeah. So you've climbed the seven seconds. You've you've done one of the hardest feats. Uh, we, we like to use the metaphoric, like you've you've conquered this hill. Now the next, <laughs> but but literally, you know, literally and figuratively, what's the next hill look like for you? What's the next challenge for you as a leader? And uh, and how are you going to overcome it? Yeah, you know, I think our society really focuses on what's next, and I actually am trying to get out of that rat race of always needing to have something else. And so since I just did this hurt huge pursuit, I'm starting to practice what is. Like, what is now? What can I be grateful for? How can I practice presence? And then when I'm one year after the school, so I summited June 1st of 2023, I'm giving myself an entire year to just be what is and kind of recharge the batteries and not be pursuing something. And then in June, I hope to have something lined up that really feels good to me that I want to pursue forward. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and it's similar. Um, one of the best things I think you can do if you sell a business is to take 12 months and not do anything else, right? It, again, if you can afford it, because it's so similar. It's like we we get sucked into this. It's got to be bigger and better. And if you try and go into something new, expecting it to be bigger than and better than something that was mature enough, you know, to sell or transition out of, it's gonna it's gonna leave you feeling empty and hollow, right? It, it you've got to have that time to again using your principle from before to acclimatize. It's a different environment. 
Uh, I, I love it. Uh, I, I could go on and on and on about this forever, but we've got some exciting news and that your book is coming out. So, so tell us about the book. Where can we find it? Uh, and what can we expect in, in its pages? Yes, definitely. So I wrote the book, Breakproof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals. When I was halfway through the climbing project, I went out to lunch with a friend who's an author. He's like, you need to write a book. I don't even like mountaineering. And I'm fascinated with these stories. It's amazing how much they apply to business principles in everyday life. And I didn't really think about who that message was coming from. An author who writes daily and that's like his lifestyle. To me, who's a climber, I'd be like asking, like, you should go climb Everest because it's really fun. And so and I'm saying yes and taking it on. So I said yes unbeknownst to me of that challenge. It's been a challenge. I'm grateful for it now that I'm on the other side. But it is. I take the reader to each mountain. I take you into the nitty gritty details of what's going on. And then I highlight a lesson that helps you build resilience in your life. And hopefully you can apply it to your life so that you can continue on your path forward and be the best that you can be. Because we each are here with a specific calling, a specific likes, dislikes, ways of doing life. And so I think the more each of us can live our story to its end, the better off we all are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we can get an Amazon normal places. Yes. You can go to my website, gendrama.com and get a hyperlink. Otherwise order on Amazon. If you order in pre-sales, we have a whole bunch of fun bonuses that are definitely worth it. Jen, thank you so much for your time. It's just an absolute honor and privilege having you on. An unbelievable story that I can't wait to share as far and wide as possible. So thank you again. And for those of you listening, watching, you know, your attention means the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.